Start of show, all positions stand by. Welcome to Living Live with Ross Video, a look at the tech and the people shaping the future of live production. Live on five, four, three, two, one, go. Welcome to a brand new episode of Living Live with Ross Video. Well, unless you've been living beneath a rock somewhere, you're probably aware that 2020 is an election year in the United States. You've probably seen the commercials, the tweets, all of that good stuff. But election coverage means something much different for television producers and for those in the television industry. And joining me to talk about that today is Patrick Toomey. He's the director of product marketing for Ross Video Expression. Patrick, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And Gideon Ferber is here as well. He's the Director of Product Marketing for Ross Video Virtual Solutions. Gideon, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, Patrick, let's start off here. When we look at television station coverage for election coverage, how much attention are TV stations paying to Election Day in the build-up to it? Are there plans that people are talking about now, or are plans kind of put into place much later? Well, I think that we're in a unique set of election cycles, but... In the U.S., everybody pretty much knows that the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November, there's an election in the U.S. There's others that spread apart, but generally the resources available in a TV station in North America, or should say at least the United States, aren't really dedicated to air compartmentalized. So the same team that's covering other current events and other stories in the market will be repurposed at the last second to cover elections. The graphics teams don't have people dedicated towards cutting out headshots and candidate information and logos. There may be people that are doing political reporting in every station, but they're generally a small isolated group in the resources get moved over at the last minute a lot of times. The, the the concept of election coverage is something that usually waits until the last week or two before elections, whether it's building the graphic templates, whether it's aligning candidate information. If the station's not politically oriented already, it's generally one of the last things that they think about, unfortunately, because they're trying to get their regular daily news coverage taken care of. That's really interesting. Gideon, uh, you you focus a lot on overseas markets. Is, is that the case overseas as well? Well, um, unlike the US, um, I think other countries have less uh, stable schedule for elections. Um, if you look at um, Europe, if you look at the, you know, the Middle East, I mean, you get cases where you have three campaigns in one year. Uh, so that's obviously dictates a completely different thought process for, for broadcasters. Reusing the same graphic assets, reusing the same teams, um, not paying as much attention to the look and feel mainly just focus on the on the actual numbers um, so it's again it's a little bit different uh, approach uh, many times so patrick what what particular challenges do tv stations face then as they are kind of preparing for this type of coverage is it simply just that what they do on a day in day out basis requires their attention to the extent that they can't devote attention to future projects like election day coverage Right. Election coverage is, is something very important to every station, and it definitely has influence on their newsroom perception in the market. But having the ability to, for example, design graphic templates to focus campaigns, to work how, how the studio looks, it's not something that a lot of resources can get devoted to ahead of time. Trying to get something like election results sometimes, a lot of broadcasters don't even realize some of the data tools are already in the building. The same information that they use to drive their tickers, for example, on the bottom of the screen, whether it's school closings or headlines for the morning newscast, usually those same tools have some type of application for elections that they 
oftentimes either aren't aware of or don't even think about. And as a vendor, sometimes it's one of those things you try to put in front of them that the resource for doing general day-to-day work is also capable of handling some of these special events and news coverage pieces that they generally don't think about or they they will look at as a way for a news uh, – sorry, a vendor to – try to upsell. And it's not like we're trying to upsell, but we've seen this as vendors. We see how stations are reacting to this kind of thing. And we're trying to put tools in their hands so they can plan a little more appropriately and and spread it out a little bit and know the resources are there, whether they know about them and plan for them or whether they're going after them for the last second grasp to try and get something done. Yeah. And and Gideon, I I suppose the, the, the challenge here is that everybody is working off of the same numbers and data when it comes to election day, right? But the, the difference comes in how you can, I suppose, differentiate yourself with how you tell the story. So how can graphics and how can tools be leveraged and used to help stations really tell better stories on election day, basically? That's a really, really good question. Um, and, and, and I like the, the, the fact that you use the word story here. So it's, it's all about storytelling. Um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many broadcasters will cover the same election. They will all be fed the same official uh, data feed. Um, so, yes, it's, it's all about how you design your experience for the viewers, um, whether it's um, the traditional CG graphics on screen or uh, today you see more and more um groundbreaking technologies being used so uh, from projections on building to augmented reality in the studio to uh, complete virtual sets um, and in some cases even going back to to physical props um, if you uh, take a look for example in the last elections in the uk um, they actually had a map with hexagons um, showing the different uh, counties and they had that in the square outside of the bbc um, headquarters and the entire production was an outdoor production covering this map Um, and as the results came in they added more and more tiles to cover the map Uh, now when you combine something like that with augmented reality with projection on the buildings around i mean you create a completely different experience than what you uh, traditionally used to see um, in election coverage. Um, Another thing to keep in mind here, uh, as you said, it's all about differentiation. So whether you're the local producer or the local station that needs to differentiate regionally, or if you're the top tier broadcaster that um, everyone is looking looking up to, to see what, you know, the trend that you're leading or or the technology that you're adopting, on each and every level, the, co- the competition is, is is there. So they are all trying to make the next, you know, jump to the next possible level for them. Um, and just to tie it a little bit with what Patrick said, um, at the end of the day, these are all the same tools. So it's just a creative process and the uh, and the thought behind the production that can really make the difference. Because again, I can use the same graphic uh, tool that I'm using today for my lower thirds, but if I'm using it in the right way with the right combination of, of um, technologies, I can now use the same engine and do augmented reality or do uh, use it for projection or use it for a video wall. So it, there needs to be a lot of um, thinking before you just jump into the production, uh, but the tools are there. And, and Gideon, you bring up a good point because numbers are every place. We've we've changed our culture and work where it used to be a certain group of people would be looking at numbers and now everybody's 
got it on their desktop. It's from the person who's counting change at a cash register to the person who's making financial decisions for a corporation. People will start looking at common tools on a regular desktop computer. Now, it's very difficult to find somebody who doesn't have um, uh, an efficiency suite or a productivity suite with something like uh, Microsoft Excel or Google Sheets. And the data is just so readily in front of everybody. And they're bombarded with it. The internet has helped put all these data sources in front of all of us. And finding ways to visualize the data differently is what makes a better viewer. And they're more informed and they're more interested in participating in what's going on. The current political culture worldwide has really uh, engaged voters. And in certain places around the world, voting is considered not only a right, but a privilege and people will exercise it freely. Here in the United States, for example, it's a small percentage of people that actually go to the polls and actually take the effort to vote. But everybody sits down and watches the, the news coverage to figure out what their candidate has done. They're trying to endorse their candidate. They're trying to rally behind them and they want to see what the voting process has done. And I have a funny feeling this next set of elections is probably going to be one of the more um, participatory events in American history when it comes to the election cycles. I really feel that there's such a split that people are going to participate in it. And that's, you know, what we're talking about here is making sure that people see this information. And a lot of newsrooms are trying to find that. And on election night, having them sit down and really see how that process is played out is going to be pretty critical. You know, one of the things that, that comes to mind as you're saying that, Patrick, is I think we saw a little bit of this um, online in the last election in in, uh, in 2016 when it was the uh, the New York Times needle. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? About kind of referencing that that needle that was kind of wavering and pointing back and forth and that sort of thing, and I, I think that there might be something. And I'm curious about your thoughts on this. Can, can TV stations learn from what websites like the New York Times did with that that election needle and kind of create graphics and 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 utilize tools like that that they're using online? Can, can ideas like that be co-opted or you know taken and kind of transferred over into television? Can television you know take some pointers from what they're doing in the online world? There's no question. Uh, there there is a a change in the technology. And it used to be certain things that you could do on a computer, you'd need processing and you couldn't do things in real time. Uh, the The ability to do real-time rendering has changed so you can go after more visual things. You can work with thought leaders to find ways to tell the stories differently. And the sources of data are just amazing where they're at and how you put those together to tell the story and what story you want to create. The dangerous part of data is you can make data tell you anything you want. But as Gideon pointed out, literally all of us are playing with the same information. If we're taking exit polls, that's unique. But if we're looking at what the final results and tallies are throughout the evening, if it's done responsibly, because again, in a national election, you tend to wait until polls close before you announce results so that you don't lead public voting. Um, but to be able to take something visually and show where the trend is going is is actually very easy to do. Uh, you'll see this similarly played out now in sporting events where they now are in certain markets in the U.S. and around the world now. They're actually predicting the results of the game and saying that so-and-so has a certain percentage opportunity to win the game. And that's really no different here. And that's literally just, you know, putting the data that you can harvest from someplace and making a graphic representation, whether it's a needle. Um, for example, you've seen, we've done this for auto racing processes for years where you can take the tachometer conversation and you're basically making 
that dial the needle and you're watching it move based on what, what the data source is putting to it. Yeah, that's that, that's really interesting. And I, I, I kind of want to go back to something we, we talked about a little bit earlier, and that was um, just having having kind of those that almost that templatized idea of graphics that you can use flexibly in, in different ways. And I think one of the things that we've come to learn about elections in recent years is to always expect the unexpected, right? Be ready for yeah. any particular event. So how can TV stations, and uh, Gideon, I'll direct this to you first, how can uh, stations be prepared with graphic, maybe a templatized version of graphics for whatever outcome comes around and kind of be prepared, you know, expect the unexpected, so to speak. Well, to to a degree, I mean, um, you can't 100% prepare, right? I mean, I can't uh, pre- create a full package ahead of time. However, um, if I know which data sources I'm going to use, I can prepare for that. I know, I know how they're going to link into my graphics um i can have or broadcasters can have general concept of what it is that they want to do and then start preparing ahead of time with the right um assets whether it's a 2d 3d augmented virtual doesn't really matter um they can build stuff ahead of time and just keep it as a repository for when it, whenever needed but yeah if you if you build a repository of the assets that might be useful so i know for a fact that i'm going to use let's say line graphs i can build them ahead of time i can make sure that they are linked to the right data sources in the right time and then if i need to tweak the graphics closer to the election because now i want to present it in a different way I can, of course, do that, but it's not starting from scratch, as Patrick said, you know, a week before, oh, my God, we need to be on air. Uh, same goes with uh, with maps, same goes with bar charts, same goes with pretty much everything. If you prepare in advance, you know the data, you, you make the connections, the actual tweaks of the design can take place up until the very last second, but at least you know your structure is, is there. Is it important for stations to be prepared in such a way that they have flexibility within their systems to be able to flex and move as they receive new and different information? I think news is always about different information. I think if you look, for example, we talk about templates and Gideon has kind of hinted at that a little bit, how you can build in prep. Um, I'm going to take this a step backwards. If I'm going to prepare graphics for a football game, I have a base template that holds a certain class of stats or a certain number of stat data points, I might have a headshot, a jersey number, and a player's name. And I'll repurpose that a hundred times for the game. And the same thing kind of happens for election coverage where I build a template that might have two candidates head-to-head or three candidates head-to-head or four candidates head-to-head, and I have to know which one I'm going going to use. It's possible to build the logic to say that template with all the head-to-head could be one, two, three, or four. Um, you build them to say that I've got an incumbent candidate. I've got one that's a projected winner, one that's a verified winner. Um, I think, for example, going back to the, the elections where we were deciding in Florida what was happening and it was weeks before we had a vote. Nobody could get an actual predictive title. And that literally held the United States hostage for for a couple of weeks, um, so to speak. And that's one of the most unpredictable things because we're looking and counting. We saw this happen in Iowa, you know, a week ago, where it should be pretty simple to count 200,000 votes and it wound up taking them a day and a half. And you look at the stock market, counts several million votes in an hour, or you know, votes, but the uh, data points. Uh, in in an hour in the stock market. 
um, it, it's difficult to assume that everything is predictable because it's not. There are so many tangibles that happen here. Uh, I, I'd be curious to see, for example, how many people realize how many votes Mickey Mouse gets every election as a write-in candidate. At some point in time, he's going to qualify. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that doesn't seem uh, terribly unlikely, I, I, I suppose. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think the three of us could uh, could divide and conquer and count 200,000 votes quicker uh, than what took place recently. But uh, I don't know, maybe I'm overestimating us, but I, I, th- I think we, the three of us could do a pretty good job. But uh, <laughs> um, so one of the things that I, I, I'm kind of getting and, and I'm hearing from you guys as we have this conversation is that there's an education of the tools available to television stations that can happen that will allow them to work three or four steps ahead of the process rather than being reactionary. How can that education take place to help TV stations work ahead a little bit more rather than being so reactionary? That's a very good question. Um, With all fairness, I'm not sure. Um, This is something that we're working on, obviously, for for quite some time. Um, It's... um, at least from from you know from our perspective as as a vendor, I mean I know that you know, we are doing uh, the best we can with whether it's webinars or training sessions or um, um, pre-sale work, so to speak, or, or development work with the customers and and trying to offer solutions to problems that they haven't thought about yet. Um, does it work? To some degree, some cases, um, does it work every single time? Absolutely not. Um, unfortunately, I would love if it could be more consistent. Um, but I, again, I, th- I think that's almost the best we can do. I mean, you need to um, get in touch with the broadcaster and try to deliver the message of um, there are ways to reduce the stress level. There are ways to um, be better prepared. Um, however, uh, again, many times it's completely out of our, uh, our hands. But uh, yeah, it's it's sometimes harder than it seems to get uh, the the end customer to see uh, elections the way we see it. I think it's one of those things too. You look to a broadcaster and you hope that they're doing a good retrospect. When they finish an election or when they finish any project, you'd like to go back and look at it and review and see what you did well and what you did poorly. And if there's things that you want to improve on, if you're not sure if you have the right resources internally, ironically, I think all of us as vendors in the space are eager to work with customers to try and solve problems. That's literally what we're in the business of is solutions. We, we oftentimes look like we're out for you know, ourselves. And yes, we're in business, there's no question, but we're trying to offer the best products to solve a problem. That's really what we're doing. If if we're making something that doesn't solve a problem, we're not going to sell a lot of them. Uh, um, to partner with a vendor and try to understand what it is. And sometimes you'll review several vendors. This is no different than somebody going and buying a car. Hey, the last car I bought didn't have heated seats. I really want that in the next car. And that's a conversation, you know, you find a similar thing. Hey, I, I really wanted something that handles real-time data changes. How do I do that? I really would like to have the ability to do a transition from a lower third statistical panel of the vote totals to have that suddenly turn into a full screen graphic, or I want to see these vote totals animated as bar graphs out of the floor. How do I do that? How can you help me do that? And as 
a newsroom, if you can ask that question to your own team and your engineering staff and your technical staff and your production people, and they can answer that question, great. If they're not capable of giving you the answer or saying, hey, it can't be done. I learned a long time ago in post-production, there isn't anything that can't be done. It's a matter of how much time and how much money you're willing to put to the problem before you say, I can only go so far. Um, to, to address that, for example, is Gideon saying, hey, I'd like to visualize the data better. I would like to have um, bar graphs. I would like to have pie charts to show the, where the votes are going. I would like to have a map to show me how the trend is happening in the voting in, in a geographic region. Those are all things that are possible. It's a matter of, of where you have to finally say, hey, that's outside my budget at this point. Or, hey, I'd like to do this next time. Can you find a way to help me do this cheaper? We're, we're problem solvers. Working with a vendor in in the region, in the space of what you're trying to accomplish is probably a great way to get started. And we're always willing to help out and we're always looking to find new ways to get a crazy idea that we have out in front of people to make it more acceptable. And sometimes what we think is crazy is what you've already been looking for and we've just never had the conversation about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it really comes across as a total team effort from vendor to, you know, to station to everybody there at the station coming together to uh, tell those stories, you know, to take that data, to take those numbers, take that information, tell good stories and create, you know, compelling television that way, which is what everybody in the business is, is trying to do in the, you know, in the long run. And so uh, when it comes to this election coverage um, and these election days and that sort of thing, uh, it's telling those stories and it's finding new and fun ways to do it. And uh, and you guys are enabling that as vendors there with uh, Ross Video. So Patrick and Gideon, thank you guys so much for uh, joining me today, talking uh, a little bit more about election day coverage. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you so much. And everybody else, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Living Live with Ross Video. Uh, if you haven't already, please go subscribe on either Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts these days. You can listen to previous episodes of the show as well as future episodes. Uh, they will be downloaded directly there on that platform. So thank you again so much for listening to this episode. We'll be back soon with more episodes. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.